The home for props football. To the 25-20, to the 10. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM Glassboro. To the house, touchdown. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. A weekly look at the latest happenings in Profs football. Today's show is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble Bookstore, The Brown & Gold Gridiron Club, Inspira Health, Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar, The Rowan University Alumni Association, and the Southwest Council. Now we take you to Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar in Glassboro, New Jersey with Derek Jones and the head coach of Rowan University Football, Jay Accorsi for the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Derek Jones and Jay Accorsi with you today from Italian Affair in Glassboro as we bring you the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Of course, as always, we welcome in the head coach of Pross Football, Jay Accorsi. Coach, welcome in. Yeah, it's great. You got a little... Uh Blue eyes music in the background. Yeah, yes, you got sir. the dim lights, the Italian restaurant. <laughs> what could be better in life, right? This is this is an awesome atmosphere. Yeah. We're so glad to, to be here each and every Thursday with you throughout the course of the season. And my goodness, do we have a lot to talk about from yeah. last week. Yeah. Uh, last Friday night's game, one for the books. I, I can't remember a, a fourth quarter going down quite like that and, and we'll get into to some of the machinations of of how everything broke down but first of all your thoughts about the win because you started out well you had a double digit lead at halftime they stormed back and then the incredible finish at the end yeah you know if you've looked at the last two years we've lost a lot of really close ball games even this year really you know we're three and two but could easily be five and oh um, last year, if you look at the losses, really close. Um, so I think we were due for a game to go our way, and, you know, it certainly did. The coaches said that, remarked that after the game. And, you know, it's good to win one like this. It's been a while since we've, we've done that, and I think this team deserves it and this group does. Not to get in the whole everything evens out in the end process, but in a lot of cases, that's kind of the way it goes sometimes where you, you get calloused enough in these games that eventually you're going to make the plays to kind of turn things your way. Yeah, the mar- again, I've talked about the margin for error or the margin between winning and losing. And again, if you look at the NFL, Division One, FBS, FCS, Division Two, there are just a lot of good football teams. There's a lot of parity, um, you know, and anybody can win on any given day. And it's certainly the the example of, of what we've been through. Again, you know we're three and two. We could really be five and zero. Oh. Blake and I, we could be one and four or zero oh and five. I mean, it's just um, the way it is now. But the margin for victory and loss is so small, and comes down to detailed things that happened Friday night. So you look at, and we'll, like I said, we'll get to the end of the game coming up here in a second. But I, I thought when you start unpacking how everything turned out in the end. I thought really the first three drives of the game by your defense were huge. Yeah, and again, you know, I I thought we really came out and played really well um, defensively, Uh, you know, offense sputtering a little bit. But again, you know, the defense has been the one that's played really well the last couple of weeks. 
Um, and again, a lot of those players are getting great time, a lot of experience. We're still young on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but when you look at the team, too, and we'll talk about with our two guests, we're pretty much a sophomore team. It's the freshman class from last year that came in, and then the freshman class that came in from COVID that didn't play. Really, we're a sophomore team, you know, with a sprinkle of juniors and a sprinkle of seniors. So we're still young. You know, when you look at the team, you're like, oh, my goodness, we got a lot back, obviously missing some key pieces. But, again, we're just really young, and, and we play that way still. Better than last year, but still not where we need to, to be. But, yeah, I thought the defense came out and played great. Absolutely. Interception on the first drive. Sure. And, and then perhaps two of the, the, the big drives, really, of the half and possibly of the game. TCNJ gets all the way down to the Rowan two-yard line on a 12-play drive. They decide to go for it on fourth down with a sneak play and they don't get in. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, when early in the game, you're tempted because you're down there, and I've been tempted too. You just got to come away with points. You work so far hard to get there, you just got to come away with points. And I think you saw at the later part of the game, if you start to get greedy, it may catch up and get you. Um, but it's enticing, you know, and I've fallen into that trap too. You just can't. You know, you work so hard to get there, you got to get points because you never know when you're going to be down there. And you never know, you know, how it'll sway at the end of the game where points really matter. Absolutely. And, and then the next drive, they get right back down in that area again, and it's an interception, the second one for Jason Blank. Yeah, and again, you know, it's you have to give them credit. They had two weeks off. They went no huddle. They hadn't done that all year. They tried to run the ball, but, but had a hard time. They were very successful running the ball in, earlier in their season. Um, and then they went to the no huddle, caught us off guard, and started to chuck the ball all over the place and caught us. So I don't think that's their M.O. I don't think that's what they primarily want to do. But they caught us off guard and, again, put in a lot of wrinkles in their two weeks. You have to give them credit, too. Absolutely. And they eventually would turn things around in that game because – they would go into the late stages of the fourth quarter up 21 to 14. So let's go through the, the, the fourth quarter sequence here. They have the ball with 221 left to go from your three-yard line, and it's fourth down. And obviously you're thinking at this point, well, we've got to somehow either have them miss it or we got to get it, and you got it with the block. Yeah, but again, you saw them throwing the ball on the three-yard yes, line too. Yes. So they're helping us by killing the clock they're helping us with incomplete passes so again we don't have to burn timeouts because the one timeout we saved was critical at the end of the game so again you know you got to play off of what the other team's doing and again i i, I just thought that they kind of gave us some opportunities um but we came up with a huge block almost a scoop and score um you know and and gave us some life to go down to possibly look what was the tying touchdown but again it's all relative and to coach's point that drive when it got to first and goal to seven incomplete pass incomplete pass and then to get to the three yard line four yard run but at that point it's fourth down yeah and again I, you know everybody has different theories and thoughts of it um you know again you could question us on that drive to tie it why do we run the ball well 
You know, everybody expects you to throw it. James Farah pops it, and he almost scores, yep. which gets us there. So, again, you just can't assume that you're going to do something. I think maybe they thought that to catch us off guard, and they didn't, and we were able to hold them and block it. Absolutely. So you get the block there, and then on the other side of it, still, you know, TCNJ is in the lead 21-14, but you start your drive at the 38-yard line, and you mentioned the big run by James Farah, who had some really timely plays. Yeah, he did. And, again, you know, people say, well, why run it then? Why do it there? You have to mix the run and the pass. You just can't always throw the ball you got to be able to mix it up. And when you're dynamic in the run game like we are, that's just as big play as throwing it to John Maldonado on a fade route down the field. So, again, that's what you have to be able to do. And, again, they expect you to throw on the outside. They expect you to throw it to John. They expect you to throw it to CJ. They expect you to throw it to Terry Carlstrom. All of a sudden, now you bang it with James up the middle. Boom. Now, all of a sudden, you got another way to threaten it. So, again, you have to catch him off guard, and we did that. Absolutely. And as a result, the Farrow run gets to the TCNJ six, and then a few plays later, Mike Husney scores to make it a 21-20 game. And as we all think, <laughs> it's especially with Jake Hurler, you think, okay, this is going to split the upright. Yeah, and again, everybody asks, well, why aren't you going for two to win the game? Well, there's still a lot of time left in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought, go for the tie, give us a chance in overtime, or see how it goes. Maybe we make a play, maybe they make a mistake. So, again, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, and there's no right way or wrong way. You figure, well, you've been pretty good stroking the ball with Jake. Go ahead and go for the points and take it, and oops, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but, but he makes the play of the game by the tackle on their scoop, and they're going to score. When you look at the film, Jake doesn't make that tackle. They probably get two points and go the other way. Then the game is probably over. Right. Um, but he makes a great tackle. You see pursuit angles. You see all the players going. It, you know, it, it's offensive players that are out there. They're not used to doing that. Jake makes a heck of a tackle. Probably, if not, maybe more important than the, the game-winning kick. Well, it, the other thing that, that does, too, obviously, is it, as you said, it prevents that from being a 23-20 game. You're exactly correct. And then you're in a situation where there's probably less than... Maybe, depending on where that kickoff goes, you might have less than 50 seconds to try to do something. Yeah, exactly correct. And, again, so we have our kickers work on tackling with the defense during tackling circuits during practice. So it's not something Jake just did. He did it, but it's something that we teach the kickers that I learned early on from my special teams years was to make sure that your kickers can also block and tackle and run and carry themselves in space. So that's something we practice once or twice a week with the kickers, with the defense. So the props from that point on, it's and you hear, I, I was in the stands on Friday night, and you could hear the the, coles, the collective gasp yes. in the air when the, the extra point gets blocked because I think people assume at that point, it's like, well, okay, what are the odds of the onside kick gets recovered? But, you know, you, you, you have to roll the dice yes. and do it. Yes. So the onside kick's interesting because, again, um, selfish teams will be successful. Danny Kazar, usually kickoff person, he goes right to Coach Kingett, which I didn't know, and says, Coach, Jake Curler's better on onside kicks than I am. He should take it. Like, wow. that's just a selfish, selfless thing to do for the betterment of everybody. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know who did the onside kick because I'm trying to figure out, all right, we got one timeout. Maybe we get the ball. What do we do? So you're trying to work with the offensive coaches. And then, sure enough, 
you know, you get the onside kick, and the ball was spinning right in front of me. And before Nick jumped on it, I was tempted to just jump on it myself and say, <laughs> do we get the ball if I get it maybe? Because it was just sitting there spinning on the ground, and it seemed like an eternity. And and that's that was just a miraculous play but yeah, for that to break down. Great kick, pops up at the perfect time. They tackle and hit the returner going for it. They're scrambling. Um, again, those are things that we practice. You know, Nick does a great job of jumping on the ball and gives us a chance to, to survive. And because things in life can't be easy, from that point on, you have the ball, but <laughs> then you have the holding call on the Mike Husney run, run yeah. for 25 yards. I, I mean, what at that point, it, it makes things a little bit more difficult. It does. And, and again, we had the one, one time out. So, you know, I'm talking to the offensive coaches, listen, we got to get the ball down there, but I'm keeping the timeout in our pocket in case we need it to maybe get a kick with a second or two left, knowing there's not a lot of time. So that's really hard, and you're running a fine line with the timeouts, but that's why you always want to keep one in your pocket all the way till the end of the half or the end of the game. Of course, this all leads to the, the big play from Mike Husney to Terry Carlstrom, who had a, a very good game. Yeah. Makes a 20-yard catch, and then Jake Hurler, money in the bank to close it out. Yeah, and again, uh, you know, Terry had a great game. Talking to the offensive coaches, probably one of his best games of the year. He had a great game last year against TCNJ. He did the same thing again. You know, we go the penalty. We go incomplete first down, incomplete second down, incomplete third down. Now it's, you know, you're just trying to figure out how do we get a first down and survive. He hits the post-corner crossing route to Terry. Terry has the wherewithal to you know, lunge out of bounds with a second left. You're looking at the clock. The clock over the years hasn't always been our favor. And you see there's a second left. I'm immediately burning the time out because I don't want to waste any time setting up for what eventually could be the game-winning kick, which ends up being the exact spot he missed almost to start the game off where he pushed it right. Um, so you call the timeout, just gather everybody Needed to make sure our protection was good because on the block we were kind of weak up up the middle a little bit. So you want to talk about it. And then I want to like let Jake know, listen, they got two timeouts. They're probably going to ice you. Try to get a snap and a kick in. Even if they call timeout, do it. We didn't. The snap was a little bit dribbly. They helped us a little bit on the timeout. Um, and then, you know, we go to the next one. We pull him over. And I just thought he wasn't going to ice him again. So I said, listen, he's, he's going to probably think that you're thinking he's going to ice you? And I said this. I said he's not. I go, he's going to let you kick this one and see if you can do it. Um, and, you know, Danny does a great job with the hold. It's a little low, but not bad. But he gets it up, and Jake just stroked it, and, you know, history's made. Take me through the thoughts of, of the team and, of course, you and your coaching staff after that game's over because you don't see this all the time, like those analytics never. charts. Yeah, you never see this. Right. Yeah, right. you never there's not enough blood pressure medication yeah. in the world to help me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, again, you got to give the coaches and players credit. You know, and again, I told the team at the end, you just can never give up in life on anything because you never know. Miracles happen, you know, and that's why people dream the dream and want to do what they do. You just can never give up. And, you know, I, I think back to the sequence of events that occurred. Our players weren't yelling and screaming and frustrated. They just, they just kept their wits about them i think a lot last year had to do with that helping us you know you have to to learn how to win you have to learn how to lose we've had some tough games this year 
And again, it's just it, it speaks volumes about the players staying the course and doing all their specific parts for the common goal of winning. Coaches and players and support staff. There's so many pieces that go into it. When you do it and click, you can make miracles happen. And I think the players did a great job of that. So I did want to ask you about the kind of that sequence. You, you alluded to it a second ago, the sequence in between the blocked extra point and the onside kick recovery. You mentioned that there wasn't really a lot of, like, woe is me feeling on the sideline. It was just like, we have a job to accomplish. Yeah. Let's do it. And, again, I think Kirk Kingett, Coach Kingett's done a great job with special teams. I was really excited when he came on board full-time to take special teams. I think we're playing at a much even higher level than I coached it. i got to give him a lot of credit. Um, I think we're just missing in a lot of areas with blocks and things are going on. You know, the, the block against CNU is huge. The special team sequence Friday night is crazy what occurs, but again, puts us in a position to win it. And again, I, I give that credit to the coaches and the players and their relationships and just understanding that you just can never give up. you got to stay the course. And again, you hear the adage, you know, the Bill Belichick, you got to do your right. job. If you right. do your job and trust others will do their job, then you're going to be successful, I think. A couple of numbers to note before we go to break. James Farah, 25 carries, 134 yards. We, we talked about the running backs being able to average over five yards. It carries at 5.4. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's tremendous. And getting Juwan back a little bit, he was healthy. Yep. Was able to relieve, um, you know, James a little bit. And now that Juwan's coming back even more, you look for that production. And, again, it's just not throwing the ball all over the place. It's running the ball as well. So he had a really good game. And, and you mentioned Terry Carlstrom. Yeah. How, how many times over the last year and change have we seen someone other than John Maldonado lead the team in receptions and yards? And yeah, he did and that. You, you need that, again, because, you know, give them credit. They were, you know, covering John a little bit. They were a little bit safety over the top. You know, the, you can't let the best player beat you. Um, you need to let other players beat you. And I think Terry's done a good job of staying the course. And, um, again, I think our two guests tonight are the same thing. Like, you got to stay the course and understand your time is going to come. And when your time comes, you need to be ready to produce. Terry had a monster game. The coaches were raving about what he's done. And, again, that's what you need because, again, next year John won't be here. You know, so Eddie and, you know, and, and Terry and what other player is going to step up. Um, you know, when, when CJ and, and, and John are not here. And, and that's, that could be a, a very key development for the profs yep. as the season wears yep. on. Yep. So we're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, we will hear from two of the heroes from Friday night's win, Nick Cerulli and Jason Blanks. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM from Italian Affair in Glassboro. Stay tuned. More headed your way in just a moment. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121, and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. 
The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Tune in to Rowan Radio for a community affair with me, WGLS-FM Public Affairs Director Megan Steckler. Each week, I'll discuss with local and national newsmakers topics that affect you and your community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and also online at rowanradio.com. This is C.J. Barron, you're listening to Rowan University Football Coaches Show, right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro, it's the Rowan University Football Coaches Show with the head coach of Pross Football, Jay Corsi. I'm Derek Jones. We'll be here with you tonight until 7 o'clock, and we welcome in two very special guests of Rowan University Football Nick Cerulli and Jason Blanks. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Thanks for having us. What a, what a game Friday night was. Uh, certainly one of the most memorable games I, I can ever remember seeing in the side of Rowan in the sense that that fourth quarter and the end of it was bananas. First, Nick, for you as a part of the onside recovery, take me through what happened there because you're the person who kind of helped glue this together once Jake Hurler kicked that ball. Yeah, so we came off the field after you know, the PAT got blocked and we're down one. And it's just like we're all looking at each other like this is it. This is where we make moments. Like moments like this are something you remember for your whole life, right? So we get out on that onside kick, and it was just that ball was in the air. I saw it in front of me, and I happened to make the play. It could have been any of us, but, you know, just thankful to be there. It was a great moment for us. It really kicked off our comeback, you know, just right there. Getting the ball back and being able to go down the field and score was huge. So, yeah, it was a great moment, but I can't take all the credit because it could have been any of us. So I just, yeah, it was awesome, though. So as a linebacker, you know, you spend obviously a lot of time worrying about defensive responsibilities and things of that nature, but special teams, you can't take that for granted. I mean, how much do you go over those situations in practice, the onside kick situations? We go over it a little bit, you know, just enough so that everybody's confident when it happens. You don't want to go in there and, and not be ready for it, you know, because it can happen as it happened before. So definitely, you know, onsides uh, is a big part of the game. You can't just take it for granted because you need to be able to get that ball back if you need to. Special teams, though, overall is huge. You know, when I came in here, that was a big thing. I was focused on getting on the field from special teams because you can't. That's a big part of the game. It's a big asset of the game. You have to be good on special teams in order to win. So we we. Our special teams units are very good this year. We're all coming back, a lot of returners on it, and we play confident on special teams. You need to get good field position, so we come out with an intensity that we feel like no other team has, and, and that's our edge that we really take into every game. And that's a big key because confidence in special teams, you see some teams that don't necessarily have that kind yeah. of confidence in the special team side. Jason, for you, um, we talked about actually the beginning of the game because the, the first three TCNJ drives ultimately proved to be very pivotal, and two of their first three drives ended in interceptions by you. Can you take me through what happened on those two drives? Well, so heading out, uh, D-line did a great job getting the quarterback out the pocket. 
and I went through my reads. And the uh, quarterback started scrambling. So I just latched onto a receiver, seen the ball in the air, and I just made a play. So when you look at the interception on the, the second drive, they're driving. They'd already gotten down to the two. You were able yeah. to hold them. How much confidence did the defense have that you were going to be able to kind of hold the fort again and take me through that play in the, inter in the end zone where you grabbed the interception? Yeah, like this year, I feel it. We've been taking a lot of pride in the end zone, in the red zone, of holding up, getting stops. And I feel as the season it keeps coming on, it's going to keep happening. We're just going to keep getting stronger as a defense, especially in the red zone. But uh, my interception in the end zone, yeah, we we knew we had to make a play. We didn't want to give in because the offense was offense was battling with the defense. So we had to we had to sit here and make a play. And so when I seen that ball in the air, I just became a receiver and I had to get my hands on it. Coach, you talked about the experience level of this team and you mentioned sophomores you have a lot of sophomores you're two of them right yeah, here yeah yeah and again you know nick talked a little bit both these players saw time last year on special teams um you know and and you need to kind of cut your teeth so to say a little bit when you play college football to understand what it's about i imagine they'd both agree special teams you get a taste you see the speed you see the size you understand what it's all about um you know, so both of these players in particular, I saw last year, they got a chance to get on the field a little bit, you know, with special teams. Um, you know, I, Jason's from my recruiting area. Nick isn't. So when I watched Jason's film, what really impressed me was his athletic ability and ability to do a lot of different things. Um, you know, there was thought about, would he be an offensive player or a defensive player? And I just thought he had... The athletic ability to do a lot of different things and it just so happened it worked out on the defensive side same thing with nick i think nick runs really well for a guy his size he was really dynamic on the kickoff team last year he's worked himself on to punt and some of the other special teams and i think when you do that it helps you understand the game a little bit and you understand maybe defensive play and offensive play based off of your experience with special teams and just the speed of the game the size because it's different than high school. They'll both tell you it's it's much different. What were some of your thoughts when you first got into really the, the, the crux of, of playing and the differences? You, coach mentioned the speed, but for either one of you, how quickly were you able to adjust to that speed? You know, it takes a little while at first. It's definitely, I'd say NJAC play is very, everybody's a very good player. Nobody is a scrub. Everybody has a reason to be there. It's college football. You get recruited. You get to go out there and you get to show what you can do. Um, definitely, I think one of the biggest things is the size difference. You know, players are definitely bigger and faster, but if you can understand the game and break it down as slow as you possibly can so that when you're on the field, you know where you got to be and you can do your job, that's probably the biggest thing, I would say. So just, you know, it's just doing your job and understanding what's going on at all times. Jason, how about for you? Yeah, with, with the speed, yeah, you kind of you kind of see it, but I feel like me getting down on the speed and breaking everything down. I feel like film and everything and listening to the coaches, being in the right spots, that slows everything down for you a bit. So now everything just becomes, oh, I've seen this on film, just play recognition. And yeah. What's it been like defensively for the both of you, kind of watching and preparing week to week, seeing so many different challenges? Coach talked about TCNJ kind of a, using that no huddle attack. You've obviously seen the triple option. You're going to see triple option again. You've seen spread sets. How have you managed to kind of get used to that during the course of the year? You got it. I, I think that it's just 
overall, as we're coming back, we had a big spring, and I think that really helped. We, we got a lot in. Um, recognition went up, you know, tenfold. I think that this year we're a very close-knit group, especially our defense, and I think that there's no challenge that we can't overcome as long as we work together and just trust each other, and I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Can, can you repeat the question again? My bad. No, no, just like dealing with the offenses that you oh, have yeah, to face yeah. the different oh, offenses yeah. from oh, week yeah. to week. Definitely week to week. Definitely playmakers on each side of the ball. So, And then preparing different offenses, seeing different offenses. It just helps us, I feel, each week because we know, we see formations. We see which what we line up in, which works with the formation. So, yeah, that's what it is. Just keep week by week, week by week. We're just getting better, smarter, and just realizing which works with what's which which fronts everything like that how about going against some of your teammates on the offensive side because you have some pretty good guys you have to see oh, no. in practice oh yeah definitely john oh terry eddie all the receivers yeah we get great work during the week great work from the running backs everything we just compete that's that's the real i would say difference i feel like practice from last year and this year we compete more and we're just and we're just forming that brotherhood and becoming closer and closer every day. Nick, you, you talked about getting a lot of work done during the spring. Just how much have you been able to accomplish from a chemistry standpoint, just feeling more comfortable in the program? I would say the fact that we were able to have so many guys return, you know, everybody's on each other. Like, for example, like if me and Jason, if I see Jason struggling, I'll be there, the first one there to tell him, dude, it's okay. Like, we're going to pick it up. We got this. And I think that in the spring, because we had so many guys return from compared to last year, like from coming off COVID and stuff, you know, it was a year off. I think that we just built a chemistry that's just going to keep improving week by week. That spring was a big start, but I think that we're not even close to being done yet. We have a lot to go. What do you think it says about this team that you, you lose two straight games and just kind of the, the, the roller coaster ride of emotions these last few weeks yeah. have been and that you're able to come out the other side of it from a positive standpoint what does it say about this group i just think it shows our grit right because we we all we do is when we go to practice our mindset is we want to win no matter what we want to come out there and we want to put on a show but at the end of the day we want to win so we're going to do anything we can to win and i think that our everybody is locked in and when you got to deal with adversity like we've dealt with it's nothing new we've dealt with everything we've seen we just had the craziest game last week that we're ever going to have so if we can win that and overcome that we can overcome anything. So how do you now kind of shift emotionally from that game to now facing a William Patterson team that has been very competitive early on this year? So like, like I said before, just going back in the film room and just continue to look, look and see different formations, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and then attack from there. That's how, yeah. When you all first started in the program, who were some of the, the, the vets, even still now, because you still got a couple of years left, who are some of the vets that you learned from at your respective positions? I would say uh, definitely Mike Majoli. You know, yeah. he, he's a he's a great guy, dude. Like, when we came in, you know, he's just he's reassuring us, dude. Like, obviously, it's a new system. It's, it's new to everyone. When you first come in as a freshman, it's not going to be the easiest thing. It's the hardest thing. So you just got to put your head forward, best foot forward, just work as hard as you can, and good things will come out of it. If you work hard, good things will come. Jason, yeah, how about I, for you? Yeah, I would say Malachi, the safety from last year, starting safety. He showed me the way, definitely. He showed me how... Hard work, you know, shows on the field. And then throughout his leadership last year, and yeah, Mike Majoli also, 
his leadership on the field like brings it out of me. It makes me become more vocal, the leader. Coach, one of the things I found to be impressive about that game on Friday was they mentioned Mike Mascioli, and he was able to, on the sideline, you could see he was trying to get the team just to, to lock in, stay engaged when things weren't going well. Yeah, and again, you know, leadership is not always by doing. It's by speaking and, and directing and, and helping. And again, you know, Michael's not been able to play the last couple of weeks. Probably not again this week. You know, I know he's disappointed, and, and that happens, and injuries are part of the game. We all know that. But, again, there's always a role that you can do besides that. And when you hear these two guys in particular talk, it's not always just the X's and O's. It's it's the other things that go with it. And I think Mike's done a great job of forming a lot defensively because we're really young defensively compared to the offense. Um, there's not a lot of players that have played a lot of snaps for us defensively. Mike's one of the only ones, really. Um, but again, his role is just as critical and important now as it was when he was playing, if not more so. And again, all those things that he does is vitally important to help, probably more so than the, the physical and the X and O's part. When you take a look at your, your high school time, what was one thing from your high school time that helped prepare you for being a Rowan football player? My high school defense is pretty similar to the defense we run, so that was easy. But, yeah, I feel like my coaches prepare me well for, for college ball. And especially, like, not only just on the field, but in the film room. Like, we really took film seriously, and he showed me how to break down film like, like a college athlete. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say my coaches were a big part. My senior year, uh, I went to Howell High School. My senior year, we had Coach Edgerly, who's an RBC coach and works in the NFL and big X's and O guy. Um, and he just he knew how to break the game down to a point where it helped me in my own mind be able to, well, now when I watch film, I watch it like him, and I'll, I'll look at every single detail, not just let plays run through. You know, you really need to sit there and break everything down, see what they do, different tells. So i definitely say my coaches were the biggest part in getting me ready for college football. Coach, we don't get into that much, talking about how players prepare, dealing with film study and things like that. When you first get them from high school to college, is, is there much of a learning curve in terms of how they break down tape? Yeah, I mean, they could probably answer it. But again, if they come from a high school program that does it, like they both mentioned, you know, that's what we try to do. We try to get players that come from programs that already are doing it at a higher level because when you come to college, it's got to even go to a higher level. So if you can get a player from a high school that has a good high school coach or coaching staff that does that already, that's going to help because then they're going to be prepared and understand it. You know, I always talk to the new players about how it becomes kind of a job in college, and I, I don't mean that negatively because you can't look at it negatively, but you have to understand, like, it's serious business. There's a lot that goes on. If you get a glimpse of that in high school or a high school coach like they mentioned that does that, then it's going to be easier for you to make that transition. But one of the things when you talk about with freshmen, when they're making the transition, how is it different than high school? A lot of them goes, yeah, coach, you're right. It is more like a job. Like, there's a lot of work to do. And it's hard. It's not easy. But, again, when you can get players that come from programs that do that already, it's a little bit easier. From some that don't, it, it's much harder. But again, it's 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 more of a thinking man's game than most people would understand. So how about that, guys? I mean, you're coming into a program that obviously has a lot of history behind it, but that time in high school to, to learn how to 
breakdown tape and then from there be able to use that in a way that helps you feel more confident on the field. Um, how vital has that been to your growth? 100%. It's been very important because you can't be a good football player without understanding the X's and O's and being able to break down film. I would say one of the biggest things about being a college football player, not only your dedication to the game and you know showing up to everything on time early, because if you're not early, you're not on time, and just being able to really expand your knowledge. So watching film 10 times more than you watched it before, you know, just being more dedicated to the sport is just the biggest thing probably. Yeah, it, it was very vital. I, I feel like it makes the game very easier and it, and it slows down, like, like I said before. It slows it all down, so now it just becomes just recognizing plays and things like that. So talk to me here about William Patterson. We'll let you get out on this one. The, the, the Pioneers have been uh, pretty tough this season. What do you see out of William Patterson? Yeah, They have some guys over there, but we do too. So we're prepared and we're ready to rock. We'll see Saturday at 1 o'clock. William Patterson will be there. I think he said that perfectly. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good way to close out this segment of the show. Nick Cerulli and Jason Blank, thanks for joining us here on the Road University Football Coaches Show. Thank you for, Thank having, you for us. having us. Stay tuned. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the NJAC scoreboard and more as a part of the Road University Football Coaches Show from Italian Affair in Glassboro. This is Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. More headed your way right after this. When you're high, you feel different. You think different, you talk different, you draw different, you listen to music different, but you probably knew that. Problem is, you also drive different, and not in a good way. That's why driving high is illegal everywhere. So if you're high, just don't drive. Make a plan to get a sober ride. Because if you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Can't get enough of the oldies? Join me, Greg May. And me, Maddie Kay. Every Saturday from 8 p.m. till midnight as we explore the top songs on the Billboard Hot 100 charts of yesteryear. You'll hear everything from the Bee Gees to the King of Rock and Roll, Chairman of the Board, and more. Each week features a special theme hour that'll have you rocking and rolling all night long. It's Saturday night at the oldies. Every Saturday at 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. This is Michael Mascioli, and you're listening to the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro. Derek Jones and the head coach of Prost Football, Jay Acorsi, with you as we bring you a look at William Patterson in just a moment. But first, let's jump into the NJAC scoreboard what a, a crazy game. Kane and Montclair State, 23-22 win for Kane, who was down heading into the fourth quarter, scored 14 points and win it by one. Yeah, again, I think the conference, you know, there's a lot of parity. Um, you know, again, I, I think every week is a battle. It's just one of those seasons, and it started out that way, I think, and it's going to continue that way. Um, and I think, again, that speaks volumes for the conference, you know, it, it's highly competitive. You heard the players talk about it. Each week is a battle, and it's outright. And, um, again, another NJAC contest, right? 
Absolutely. And speaking of a battle, Salisbury and William Patterson, 23 nothing win for Salisbury. They jumped to 5-1, and one, now 2-0 and oh in conference play. William Patterson falling back to 4-2 and two and now 1-1 one and one in league play. As you get set for the Pioneers here, I mean, that's, you know, you look at that game and that's not a runaway effort by any stretch by Salisbury. No, not at all. And any time you could limit Salisbury to that many points, um, and again, watching the film, I think it was even closer, um, you know, than what the points show. But again, uh, um, you know, if you can slow down that offense and not let them get up into high digits scoring-wise, then you have a chance to be successful. And I think William Patterson played them really well. At time of possession, just about even yeah. between the yep. two teams. They did rush for 321 yards, but by and large, it didn't really net a whole lot of offense. Nope on the side of Salisbury. But William Patterson, 3 of 15 on third downs. And, you know, that's obviously a lot more teams go for fourth downs now, but still the money down is third down. Yeah, it is. And, again, you know, when you look at what we did Friday night, um, we were better defensively, okay offensively. um, But sometimes numbers can be deceiving. But, you know, third down ends up being pretty important. Um, you know, and usually is critical to who wins or loses the football game if you really look at it. As we jump towards action on Saturday, three and Jack games this weekend, all three taking place on Saturday. Of course, we know Rowan against William Patterson, Montclair State taking on TCNJ. Mm-hmm. Obviously, both teams will look to bounce back yep. after really tough losses. Yep, and again, you know, it's you just uh, you know you got to go week in week out and know you're in a battle when you're in conference play. So now. Next weekend, you'll see Kane, who will play Christopher Newport on Saturday. Yeah, and again, um, you know, <laughs> you know, really, I don't think there's a team running. You know, obviously, Salisbury's having another good year again, a really good program. But again, point-wise, you don't see them running away with it like they have. Um, but again, I, th- I think it's going to come down to the end. And again, conference play is so critical. Um, and, again, you just got to be ready week in and week out. It's, it's definitely a cluster right now in oh, yeah. the league, and we'll see if there is some separation here at, at some point. And, of course, Rowan against William Patterson at their place. That has been a tricky place to play at over the years. They've certainly, yeah. while it hasn't shown up in the, the final win-loss record, um, they, they've had some teams that have played you pretty tough. Yeah, they always play really well there. Um, it's an interesting place because they don't really have – stands behind us on the visitor right. side the woods. there's the woods right <laughs> um so it's just kind of a different you know nice surface nice field nice atmosphere but it's always weird when you don't have fans behind you and you know you feel different um but uh, again you know we've, we've played pretty well up there we're gonna have to really work on all cylinders they have some dangerous players and we're gonna be tested in special teams um, especially this week against them because they have some dynamic players. And, and you've talked about kind of the ability of Sean Williams to kind of take hold of that program. Yeah. Can you talk about what he has meant to them? Yeah, it's his first year. He's been there a long time, though. Um, you know, the coach that just left um, and went to Villanova, I thought he was doing a really good job um, and really turned it around. He's the one that opened the doors for them, I think, recruiting in Delaware and Maryland and and those areas and again you know people ask from what i understand they're giving you know in-state tuition to those out-of-state students which you know if an institution does it they're going to be successful um they have players that look like usually go to you know wesley 
and now there's that void down there because Wesley isn't there. Um, you know, again, so they've done a great job. They have some really great dynamic players from that area. Uh, and again, they're able to get them and, and I think give them some, some different opportunities financially with students. Um, but again, that happens with a lot of schools because I talked to that, I talked about that with somebody the other day. You know, the high school population is dropping. Right. So what do colleges have to do to be more competitive? There's a lot of different ways you can do that. Certainly at Rowan, we've done a lot of creative ways with community colleges and four, five, six-year plans and programs and different things. You know, colleges are going to start to be more competitive in what they do to compete for a population that is decreasing, not increasing. Yeah, and, and that's not to circle back to COVID, but post-COVID, that, that has certainly impacted the enrollment in schools. Yeah, and again, you know, you've heard our president, Hushman, talk about, too, this is the largest freshman class we've had in the last four or five years, a lot because of COVID, you know, and we didn't have a lot of students on campus. But again, um, you know, making up for those that year or two with COVID to try to get back into it. And again, you see a lot of campuses doing a lot of on-campus activities. You know, we had the Friday night lights with the fireworks after the game. Huge crowd. You know, again, you want to get people as much as you can back to what it's like to be normal, even though COVID's still there. And again, you're going to see colleges and universities across the country find different ways to be able to compete for a, a shrinking population of high school students. Not to not to get too uh, broad view with this discussion, <laughs> but when you have an atmosphere like Friday and you have things like um, in the end zone, they had the, the, the bone saw garden and things like that to kind of help attract people, that has to kind of add to the atmosphere. Absolutely. You know, we really haven't talked about the new marching band coming on. Right, right. Um, I, I've gotten to meet the, the new director of athletic bands, who was specifically hired an alum and at some point maybe we'll get her you know get her on the show um to talk about a marching band and and all the things that go with it we saw it when we were down at christopher newport that's a huge part of football especially down south when you have marching bands and and all the other things that go with it and it's good to see that rowan's do you know as an institution we're doing all those things because it benefits the students and the environment you want the students to be in and we're all working hard to get back to what it was like before COVID um, to have a residential campus, have students around, have them be active, have them participate, and go back to, instead of shooing people away, bringing people in. And again, I think that's vitally important. And you could see that Friday night by the VIP and the fireworks and the student population and the first home go- game with the students running on the field with the president and the dean of students, and that's all awesome stuff. And, you know, that's that part and I think President Hushman talks a lot about is that college experience. It's just not the educational part, books and learning. It's the other part about learning to be your own person and be on your own, and that was lost during COVID, and now that's back. So that's an integral part of the college experience. And it's great to see that we're embracing it at Rowan University and trying to diverse and do a lot of different things. I think it's great. And, of course, the next Rowan home game will be next Saturday as homecoming. part of homecoming. And will be huge. And I've already been involved in discussions about tailgating and where to go and what to do and to make sure our football families and, and other people associated know where to go and that they're a part of it. And, again, those things are just so critical to the 
um, culture, environment that exists on a college campus. And I think Rowan's thriving, and it's great to see. And it will be an electric atmosphere in a couple of Saturdays when the profs take on the Cougars of Kane University. But, of course, up first, William Patterson on Saturday. Coach, before we go to break, William Patterson, we talked about their offense a little bit. Defensively, they're third in the end, Jack. Yeah giving up just about 230 yards yeah, a game on re- defense. Really athletic. Uh, they run the three-stack, which is different. Not many teams in our conference. CNU does a little version of it, but William Patterson's been the one running it for a while. Um, their head coach, you know, former NFL player, obviously they do a great job with what they do. They provide some problems um, with that odd man front in their 3-3 three, three stack and what they do. Um, and again, it's it's going to be a challenge for us offensively to attack a group that I think is really athletic. I, I think when you look at William Patterson, compared to all the teams we've played so far this year, they are probably the most athletic team, which is really scary. They remind me of the William Patterson team of the 90s when I first got oh, to wow. Rowan, and we were competing with them for the conference championship. They're that athletic, and you see it, and, and you see that they're really very dynamic in the return game, defensively, offensively. Um, it, it's going to be a huge challenge for us. It really is. The four and two Pioneers taking on the props on Saturday. We'll take a break. When we come back, it'll be time for fan questions Uh-oh. of the week. We've, we've got a couple here. Oh, no. uh, per- <laughs> Whose idea was that? Oh, that was mine. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to give you a parachute there. To get but, yeah, it, it was your idea. But, yeah. but this week's questions, obviously – centered a lot around Friday's game. Nice game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll get into that. Absolutely. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from Italian Affair in Glassboro right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. We'll wrap it up right after this. LGBTQ Plus History Month with music by LGBT artists and supporters. Tune in to hear artists like Queen, Madonna, and Elton John. It's Featured Artist Friday on Roaring Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. Now I'm, you know, trying to get better, stronger than ever. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Tune in to Rowan Radio every Saturday afternoon from 5 to 8 p.m. for the Icon Rock Show with the Icon himself, Harry D. Enjoy the very best classic and hard rock from Aerosmith to Black Sabbath to the Rolling Stones and more. Crank up the volume for the Icon Rock Show every Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. This is JT Plasteris, and you're listening to the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Things are pretty good. 
<laughs> guys do a nice job. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You know, we've, we've kind of joked um, off the air about how slick the guys have been <laughs> on air and, and obviously with these drops. And I'm going to bust Jason Blanks' chops a little bit. He's known as the talker on the field. Yeah. He was shy here, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yes, he, he was. He was shy. Yeah. I'm shocked. And I kept teasing him with some of the other guys. Are you going to be all right in the show tonight? Are you going to be okay? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, like, he's the guy out there that you always hear talking smack, which is, it, it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, ribbing back and forth. You know, in the spring, it was him and James Farrer going back and forth. Two fiery guys. <laughs> but to see him here, he was like a little bashful, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. He was. He was He was very measured yeah, in his answers. Wasn't he? And then at the end. He let it loose. And then at the he end. Let he let it rip. It he, and that was, that was great. He so let it rip. It's been such a cool thing to have the players on here as a part of the show. And speaking of some of the heroes of uh, Friday's game, that leads us to our fan questions of the week. First from Connor in Glassboro wants to know, Terry Carlson's contribution last week can't be overstated. How Absolutely. Do you, how do you guys plan on using him moving forward as you get deeper in the conference? Yeah, line? we got to keep doing it. And, again, it's going to give John some opportunities. So, again, if they're going to take away John and CJ and James Fair in the run game and Juwan and, and Huzz running around a little bit, then we got to be able to go to Terry. And, and I thought he had a great game. Um, and, and I think he's really starting to come on. Again, only a second-year player for us, another sophomore. Um, so he's still got a ways to go. But I thought he did a great job and to get out of bounds and, and have the, the wherewithal to get out with one second left. You know, that's just a headsy player. And as a follow-up, uh, Connor had actually a second part to the yep. question. How about the defense, and how has the defense had success at stopping teams in the red zone? Again, I think it's a mentality. I think the coaches do a great job of preparation um, and, and preparing the players for what they're going to see um, and to be able to react to where you're going to go and what you need to do. And I think we've, we've been playing really phenomenal in the red zone, really, if you look at it. And we need to continue to do that to put ourselves in a position to win games. And, you know, that sequence we talked about late in the game, it's first and goal from the seven-yard line, and they're throwing in their th- – I mean, there's it easily could have been a situation where the defense gets caught up in something and you yep. give up a cheap one or something like that, and yep. they pop one on you. And the defense held their ground. Yeah, and again, you know, to get a turn, you know, to stop somebody in the red zone is difficult enough. The percentages are against you. To get a turnover in the red zone, that's like almost impossible. From inside the five. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really, <laughs> that's saying something again, and that means that you're playing at a high level. And again, it means that the coaches and the, and the players are on the same page, and, and that's really great to see. Absolutely. Two possessions for TCNJ inside of the 10-yard line. They came away with no points yep. thanks to the Rowan defense. Uh, also, Juan checking yep, in. Juan, yeah. The depth and talent at linebacker has been really fun to watch. It appears two players who have stepped up are Nick Cerulli and Vinny Gorino. Yes. Could you tell us about their career progression, how they landed at Rowan and secured playing spots? Yeah, again, you know, players that we recruited out of high school that we thought were going to be great fits, shore area guys that Pat Lincetta recruited. Um, again, um, you know, I think Vinny's really had to do more with Mike Mascioli out. And I think he's getting better and better week in and week out with Anais Robinson and some of the others. Um, and, again, I think they're, they're doing a great job. You know, Nick, we saw Nick in special teams last year, so we kind of knew he could move in space and run around. Um, and, again, I think he's understanding the game a little bit more from his conversation you hear him talk. And, you know, we're really deep at linebacker, and that helps on special teams. 
You know, and you need to be deep at that position and athletic to use a lot of different pieces. And, and I think Cedric Dawkins and, you know, the coaching staff on the defensive side is doing a great job of molding a really good unit. And the last one from Danny and Glassboro. Despite the miracle ending, how does a team plan to improve offensively against another NJAC rival? Yeah, again, it's, you know, it's uh, what does the team try to take away from us um, uh, again? And, and we need to be able to be flexible enough and fluid enough, um, you know, to be able to take what they're giving us. Um, and, and again, I, you know, I thought Mike played well. I thought, you know, he missed some balls, and if you asked him, maybe he was a little disappointed about some. But he put us in the position at the end of the game to win. Yep. And that's all you can ask of a quarterback. No timeouts to go that far to put yourself in range to kick a game-winning field goal. Only experienced quarterbacks do that. And, and again, you know, um, you have to live with his scrambling and his ad-lib ability sometimes. You know, it might rip your hair out of your head. But he's a competitor, and you want somebody like that on your team. You know, I always joke about, you know, the quarterback's the guy with the keys to the Maserati. You know, he's the type of guy, he may smash and bump the Maserati once in a while, but he's going to drive it, and you got to let him drive it. <laughs> and he drove the Frost right to yep, a victory yep. last Friday. Yep. And, of course, you can check in with your Rowan University football fan questions of the week by hitting us up on Twitter at Rowan Radio or at WGLS Sports or via email at WGLS at Rowan.edu. Coach, that'll just about do it. Best of luck to you on Saturday. Thank you. Should be a great game, a great NJEC battle. Again, there's still a lot to play for. Nothing's really secured in the conference. So, again, we need to keep getting better. Um, you know, we need to play well on the road. You know, we need to get a, a great victory on the road and continue to play better against probably – the most athletic team in the conference. I'm going to reach out and say that now that I've seen the other teams. Salisbury, obviously, yes. But Patterson has really done a great job with their program, and the coach has done a great job, and they have some players that are really dynamic, and, and we're going to be tested. It's going to be a great test for us, and can't wait to see how our guys respond. Road game for the props on Saturday. Coverage begins at Noon on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. It's an encore performance of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. And then at 12.30, it's Profs pregame from Whiteman Field on the campus of William Patterson University. And Danny Ryan and Connor Brown with the call at 1. Yeah, they'll be in the woods, right? Yes. Well, not this time. No. They'll be on top of the press box. Oh, okay. Usually they're in the woods behind us. Yes, yes. That is. Believe it or not, I was telling them this today. There's normally been power and an Ethernet port out there in the woods, believe it or not, in the ground. So someone had the wherewithal to at least run it in the ground since people out, are out there, but right now we're not going to have to worry about that problem. Not They'll be in the press box. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> That's they don't all... need bug spray or no, worry no. about any animals in the woods or no. anything like that. Thank goodness. Good. That, will not, <laughs> that will not be an issue <laughs> coming up on Saturday. That'll just about do it. Special thanks back to Ali Pontano in the studio for guiding us along. For Jay Corsi, I'm Derek Jones saying so long from Italian Affair in Glassboro. We'll be back with you next week for another edition of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from Italian Affair in Glassboro. Have a good night, everybody.